to have you with us here on another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the final episode of the Short Side Options Quick Pitch Preview Series. As you are well aware by now, these previews are designed to give you a good rundown of each of the position groups and who might be a candidate to take a step forward in each of those areas. In a short 15 to 30 minutes, you should feel like you've got a pretty good feel on where Kansas State stands heading into the season. The final group to preview might be the two position groups with the most questions uh, to answer entering the 2023 season. Today we're going to talk about the defensive backs and special teams. First up, the DBs. So getting started with the defensive backs, let's look at what K-State lost uh, from the 2022 season. Uh, gone are Julius Brintz, Echo Boydo, and Josh Hayes. And uh, when we were about at this time last year, when uh, Deli and I were looking at the 2022 Wildcats, uh, we were both really high on Brentz and Boydo. Uh, coming into the year last year, it's the best cornerback tandem in the Big 12. Uh, and if they weren't the best, they were right up near it, and uh, they lived up to that high level, and uh, they were studs throughout uh, the 2022 season. Uh, Brentz elevated his play into being a, a, a day two draft selection by the Colts, and uh, Echo Boydo played really well. Maybe often overlooked around the Big 12, uh, I thought he was one of the better cornerbacks uh, that maybe doesn't get quite the uh, quite the praise. Uh, of course, Brent's, uh, you know, more of an NFL-type prospect, uh, although Boydeau looks like he's going to make it with the Chiefs. So uh, that uh, those were two really good cornerbacks. And, you know, kind of on the topic of the NFL draft, Josh Hayes was a guy that got drafted on day three by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, was super productive at K-State, really filled in nicely in the secondary uh, as one of the three safeties, and uh, was a guy that was really a, a dependable tackler, and uh, I think we'll have a future at the next level. So when you're replacing you know, three guys that are, are going to likely make NFL rosters, uh, that's tough to replace for anybody, but uh, K-State has uh, some holes to fill in the secondary, but they do have some returning production uh, there as well, uh, and, and also going back to the transfer portal, uh, which has been a strategy that has worked extremely well uh, for the Cats here as of late. So let's go ahead and take a look at who's returning for K-State. Uh, and we'll lead off with Kobe Savage, uh, a safety out of uh, Tyler Junior College. Kobe Savage started the first 10 games at strong safety before an injury cut his season short last year. Tied for fourth on the team with 58 tackles uh, despite missing those final four games. All Big 12 second team selection uh, and, uh, and also earned votes for Big 12 Defensive Newcomer of the Year. And here's a guy that has a nose for the football. Uh, really can lay the lumber with the best of them. That knee injury that caused his season to be cut short. Uh, all indications are that he's ready to go and uh, return to that all Big 12 caliber uh, level that he was uh, playing at. He is going to be uh, looked at as the leader in the secondary, uh, a guy who was voted a team captain, uh, and the guy that uh, if he's able to get back to 100%, uh, certainly will be a big factor for K-State's defense, continuing to stay at the top of the Big 12. Uh, next up, I'm going to hit on V.J. Payne. And V.J. Payne, true freshman who played in every game last year with four starts. Uh, he had starts against South Dakota, uh, first game of the season. And uh, in KU, the Big 12 championship game against TCU in the Sugar Bowl against Alabama. 
He started the season opener at free safety and is the first Wildcat true freshman to start a season opener since tight end Jerron Mastrude in 2006 and the first on defense since at least 1988. Uh, VJ Payne is going to be a guy, in my opinion, that's going to be an all-Big 12 player by the time he leaves Kansas State. Uh, When Kansas State was banged up at the safety position towards the end of the season, he did a great job stepping into a more prominent role. Uh, and I'd expect VJ Payne to take a big step forward here in 2023. I mentioned an all Big 12 caliber player uh, is what his ceiling is while he's at K-State. That might be realized this year. I think I have really high expectations for VJ, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, full season at a starter, and uh, I think he's going to have a really uh, tremendous year for Kansas State. Uh, Marquise Siegel. Uh, this is a, is where K-State dips back in the transfer portal for uh, a guy that's an instant impact uh, at a position of need. Uh, Siegel comes in uh, after three years at North Dakota State, so he still does have two years of eligibility. Uh, he's a little less experienced than, uh, for example, Josh Hayes, who came in uh, last year, who had played at North Dakota State, also at uh, the University of Virginia. Uh, but uh, Kleiman and defensive coordinator Klanderman, shout out Deli, have uh, batted about uh, about a thousand in terms of getting these transfers to come in and contribute. I'm going to have to go ahead and give them the benefit of the doubt and, and count on them to be uh, correct again. Uh, Siegel has you know good tape uh, where he was able to uh, really fly around a little bit there in the secondary. I look for him to uh, to step in and be a productive player for Kansas State. Uh, now looking at the cornerback position here, Jacob Parrish uh, is a true freshman last year, was a true freshman last year. He played in all 14 games as a reserve cornerback and a special teams contributor, played a majority of the of the game on defense in the Big 12 championship game uh, against TCU, setting a career high with four tackles and uh, recording a pass breakup. Here's another guy that was a really uh, a great surprise in 2022. About this time last year, uh, Kleiman was mentioning Jacob Parrish as a guy who's just too good uh, not to play as a freshman. Uh, he may have surpassed even Kleiman's expectations, but he comes into this 2023 season as one of the start as a a uh, in in ink starter at cornerback, and uh, I look forward to seeing a full year of him on the field. Uh, at the other cornerback position. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pencil in Will Lee. And uh, Will Lee is uh, the winner of the best nickname here on the 2023 iteration of the Kansas State Wildcats, uh, simply known as the Blanket. Uh, Will the Blanket Lee. And he committed to K-State over offers from Alabama and Arkansas at the end uh, of the recruiting cycle. He had originally been committed to Oregon State, uh, and uh, K-State was able to land uh, this talented a cornerback prospect out of Iowa Western, long-rangey. Think Julius Brents in terms of kind of a, a frame and size. There's going to be a little bit of a learning curve jumping uh, to a higher level, but uh, there have been really positive reviews so far regarding the blanket, and I'm fired up to see him in action uh, at the other cornerback position opposite Jacob Parrish. Uh, up next, and now we're looking into some guys that I think will be in the rotation here at cornerback. Um, and, and that's going to be, I'm going to lead off here with Keenan Garber. He played in all 14 games uh, on special teams, uh, began the year as a wide receiver and saw some action there before seeing more significant action at uh, cornerback at the end of the year while contributing on special teams throughout the entire season. Was pressed into action at cornerback 
in the Big 12 championship game against TCU due to other injured players playing 21 defensive snaps. So here's a guy that gets brought into the biggest stage of the season and really held his own. When you watch back that uh, K-State-TCU game, they, they only really target him, uh, I believe, one time, and it was good coverage where Duggan throws it a little bit high on the uh, TCU sideline for an incomplete pass. You know, to to trans to transition from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball, and in about two or three weeks' time, go up against one of the best wide receiving cores in the Big 12 in the biggest game of the season, and to really hold your own, pretty darn impressive. Uh, while he did make that switch uh, from wide receiver to quarterback late in the season. It isn't like he hadn't ever played uh, defensive back. He did, was uh, a defensive back in high school, so it wasn't totally new for him. But to be able to switch positions that late in the season and contribute on such a big stage, super impressive. So really excited to see what he might be able to bring to the table. Keenan Garber's often been referred to as one of the faster guys on the team. So uh, we'll be interested to see what kind of role he carves out there at the cornerback position. Justice James uh, is up next year. He redshirted last year in 2022. He played at Tyler Community College with uh, Kobe Savage. He's been mentioned as climate, by Climate as one of the guys who will be in the rotation at the cornerback position. So looking forward to see what he might be able to uh, contribute. here For uh, fans of the Big 12 and, and uh, that have been around for a while, uh, you may re- know these next two names. He is the uh, Justice James is the cousin of two NFL defensive backs, Quandre Diggs and Quentin Jammer, uh, both uh, Texas Longhorn uh, cornerbacks that were both pretty darn good for the Horns. Uh, so uh, we'll see if Justin J- Justice James can follow in some of those footsteps. Uh, up next, uh, Jordan Wright, also redshirted last year. Uh, similar to James is that he didn't get as much playing time last year, but is a guy that will be in the mix of the cornerback position. Uh, be interested to see how things go there. The uh, the backup cornerbacks and like who's going to be that maybe that first guy to rotate in in situations that's still up in the air. I would look to see kind of that get ironed out here throughout the non conference. And uh, so now we're going to flip back to the safety position. We talked about uh, the the big three here: Kobe Savage, VJ Payne, and uh, Marquis Siegel earlier on. And while those spots are pretty well settled, it's a bit more of a mystery as to where K-State will look at for depth behind those three. Um, I list here a couple different names. I'm going to start here with Colby McAllister. He redshirted last year out of Houston, Texas uh, originally, a three-time All-District selection who earned 2021 Academic All-State honors. Uh, Did not record any game action last year. Same with Jordan Perry, uh, no game action, redshirted last year out of Jefferson, Georgia, rated as an athlete by 24-7, which ranked him as the 81st athlete in uh, the class of 2022. I list him here at the safety, but K-State on his web page, or on his page on, on K-State's website, it does list him here as a linebacker. So not sure if that's something that he's still in the mix for, but wanted to uh, to include him. He's a guy that I think has a bright future at K-State. Um Another guy, Matthew Mashmeyer, um, he came to K-State as a walk-on, has been a standout in special teams. Perhaps he gets in the mix a little bit. Uh, Daniel Cobbs, a transfer out of Tyler Junior College, he chose K-State over a couple 
of uh, G5 schools here later in the recruiting cycle. He's a guy that uh, that might get a look. Uh, Nick Andre Steger, uh, he's a guy who transferred in from Butler Community College, uh, where he uh, was a productive player there. Uh, he's walking on, I do believe, here uh, based off of the, my most re- uh, recent information. And then two guys that were, were freshmen, uh, that are true freshmen, who I think will both likely redshirt, Cam Salas and Wesley Fair. Uh, Salas uh, chose K-State over Arizona State, and Fair chose K-State over KU and Iowa State. Wesley Fair, a kid out of Wichita. Uh, you know, really, it, it's a little bit of a guessing game. I, I can't really tell you too much in terms of it would be, to me, I would think you might look at, at McAllister and uh, maybe Cobbs uh, and Steiger as maybe two of the two of the first three guys to maybe get some some reps in. I do think that K-State's in a really good spot with the top three guys. But as we saw last year, um, I mean, injuries are, are, part of the, are a part of the equation. And uh, we're certainly uh, a little bit of a mash unit towards the end of the season when guys like Sincere Mason, uh, Kobe Savage obviously going down, uh, it, it, we got a little bit shorthanded there towards the end of the season. So we'll have to hope for some health there. But uh, those are some of the guys that I think may be um, slotted in there uh, to get into the safety into the mix at safety. So we'll be interested to keep an eye on that. I, I, would, I would keep a close eye on that here throughout the non-conference portion of the slate. So that uh, run is kind of a, a quick rundown here on the defensive backfield. Uh, we're going to next take a look at special teams. All right, so now time to take a look here at the special teams. And uh, K-State loses uh, both Ty Zentner and uh, Malik Knowles uh, as as two important cogs here of the K-State special teams. Uh, First, we'll touch on Ty Zentner. And uh, with Zentner no longer being around uh, to handle uh, punting, kicking, and kickoff duty, uh, K-State now has a big hole to fill uh, in those three areas where where Zentner was really able to provide a big lift, uh, where he was – well above average in all three of those. Uh, after taking over the place-kicking duties in the Oklahoma State game, Zinner was a perfect 11 of 11 on field goals and 31 of 31 on extra points. Of course, uh, Ty famously nailed the field goal to make uh, Kansas State champions of the Big 12. So he was nothing but – I mean, he was perfect uh, when it came to kicking the ball. And uh, that stability – uh, Casey was able to lean on in a couple of those games uh, down the stretch, and he was, uh, was a big part uh, of K-State becoming Big 12 champions uh, here in 2022. Another guy I touched on was Malik Knowles, and uh, with Malik being gone as the primary kick returner, uh, you know that's a loss too as well, but I do feel like there are a couple of guys that K-State can lean on to, um, to fill that, that, that void. Malik finished with three kick return touchdowns in his career, and that's good for fourth all-time at Kansas State. He uh, also finished sixth in yard uh, yards average per kick return. Malik always did a good job there, so it'll be interesting to see uh, who steps in as the lead kick returner because that's a role that he really had uh, for the better part of, of the last three years. Uh, so uh, we'll see some new faces back there, and, and judging by uh, some of Chris Kleiman's uh, comments earlier, they're going to do a little bit of a trial, try a couple different guys in there uh, throughout the non-conference, uh, and of course having done that through fall camp. So 
uh, I think that'll be something to keep an eye on here uh, throughout the uh, non-conference portion of the schedule. Uh, Chris Tennant, uh, we'll, we'll lead off here with, uh, with Chris here uh, when we look at the kicking uh, game. Up and down uh, would be the best way to describe uh, Tennant's performance last year. He was 5 of 5 on field goals inside 30, uh, but 4 of 9 uh, on kicks outside of 30 yards. So he was replaced midway through the season uh, after the TCU game, and, and uh, he, he does have some experience, and, and he does have a big leg. You know, sometimes with these kicking issues, it's more mental than it is physical. So hopefully he can overcome some of those uh, because he certainly has some talent uh, that, that could really be beneficial to K-State here when it comes to the, to the kicking game. Uh, if it isn't Chris Tennant, um, I would look at Leighton Simmering as the most likely replacement. He's a walk-on out of Rosemont, Minnesota. He redshirted last year. Uh, he was an All-State kicker his senior year uh, up in Minnesota. And j- from his uh, bio on kstatesports.com, uh, I also noticed that he was an, he also alpine skied for five years. So I'm not sure if that was a hobby or a school activity, uh, but nonetheless, Leighton Simmering, alpine skier. So something to keep an eye on there. So there you have it. Uh, Jack Bloomer. Uh, he is going to be uh, a pretty well a shoe-in to take over for Zintner as a punt on the punting side of things. Uh, 25 punts over the last three years, long of 54 yards, an average just short of 40 yards uh, with uh, three punts down inside the 20. Punting will take a step back uh, from, from what uh, Ty was able to provide, but uh, should be in, in capable hands there with Bloomer. So, uh, in terms of the punt return duties, Philip Brooks, I anticipate, will continue to handle those. He's been really good there. Uh, four punt returns for, for TD uh, in his career, which is the second most in school history behind only uh, the legend David Allen. Uh, we talked a little bit about kick returns duties earlier. I don't think you'll see uh, Philip Brooks uh, double up there and be the primary guy. Uh, as the kick returner, they usually have uh, Phil out there as kind of like the lead blocker, so to speak, on those uh, kick returns. So if they do kick it, were to kick it away from Malik, uh, it could go uh, to uh, to Brooks there. But typically, that's kind of how they have that set up. So I would anticipate Phil to be the uh, the primary guy there. As I mentioned, Kleiman says they've been tri- trialing some guys back there. And uh, we'll continue to take a look at that during the non-conference portion of the schedule. Uh, I'm generally opposed to having starters, whether if they're on on offense at you know a running back or a, a wide receiver position, or on defense, likely a cornerback, uh, be the main guy on kick returns. But a guy I keep an eye on is Keegan Johnson. Uh, I think he'd be a, a pretty darn good option and has a good skill set or a good skill set for it. Um, I feel comfortable with whatever K State does retar- regarding the uh, the return game. Uh, that's been a, an area that has been a, a pretty good strength for K State, and, and I look to see that continue here in 2023. Kicking, on the other hand, that's a little bit more of a concern, and that's been a concern of mine here for a while. Uh, it was a concern of mine last year. Uh, Tenet w- was shaky enough last year to, to re- be replaced uh, midway through the year. When, when asking about the kick game, uh, Kleiman routinely mentions that uh, Tenet and then three others, uh, Simmering, uh, Simon McLannan, and uh, Tegan Cobb, uh, as uh, the, the, the three others that are 
uh, can vine for that spot. And the fact that he hasn't really necessarily whittled that down much makes me kind of think that it's still uh, open for competition. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Simran got the call over Tennant to start the season. Reading between the lines, I don't think the kicking situation is in a spot where Kleiman has a ton of confidence. Uh, and that's something that could be a pretty spicy situation for K-State throughout the year. All right, so that'll wrap it up here for the defensive backs, special teams, and our quick pitch preview series. Uh, really enjoyed doing these previews. It certainly helps reacquaint me with the roster and uh, to identify some players that might be able to take a step forward here uh, this year. As for the defensive backs and special teams, just a, a final quick note or two on these guys. Um, I think the story uh, for the defensive backs be pretty well summed up as quality but thin. And uh, when I say that, I especially mean at the safety position. You've got three guys that you feel pretty good at about as the starters. Behind uh, the depth behind those three at the safety position, a little bit of a question mark. Uh, Cornerback position in pretty good shape. But uh, if there's one thing that I've come to know here for the last couple years, uh, when when K-State has had some, some holes in the secondary, they've found guys to kind of come in and step in. And uh, you really trust Kleiman and uh, defensive coordinator Klanderman to get that group to play at a really quality level. For special teams, you feel good about the return game. Putting should be in, in, in good shape there. It should be adequate. But the kicking game is a major concern. There, there's no question about it. When I think about it, a shaky kicking game for K-State, I think about the struggles of the 2001 and 2002 Cats with guys like Jared Bright and a young Joe Ream having a heck of a time with extra points and field goals that, that cost K-State a few games here and there. You'd like to believe that uh, either Tennant, uh, Leighton Simmering, or, or somebody else in the kicking room can, can ascend and, and grab hold there. But something to keep an eye on uh, when when you're watching the game uh, here against SEMO, which next week we'll be having a, a game to talk about here on the Short Side Option Podcast. Uh, we'll keep you posted kind of on the plans on that uh, with with what our schedule might look like here next week. But uh, it's game week here starting next week, and there's a lot to look forward to about the, uh, the season getting kicked off here for the Cats. So as always, thanks for listening here to the Short Side Option Podcast. We'll chat with you here next week. In the meantime, go Cats.